Have you ever been assigned a patient that winds up being not so cut and dry? Like those patients in acute care or the nursing home who have dysphagia but struggle to complete exercises or compensatory strategies because of their intellectual or developmental disability. Or the patient with respiratory failure who develops respiratory-driven cardiac arrest, gets intubated for 10 plus days, and is on a trach and vent. Oh, and he also has a history of stroke, congestive heart failure, COPD, diabetes, and traumatic brain injury. No textbook or single webinar could ever prepare you for that. But we have something that can help you get there, and it's totally free. On May 19th, the MedSLP Collective is hosting another never-been-done-before virtual summit titled Advanced Therapy for Complex Patients, a Medical SLP's Guide. Learn critical concepts with actionable steps you can take for those not-so-cut-and-dry cases. You can earn up to 0.8 advanced ASHA CEUs if you are or you become a member of the MedSLP Collective, and the recording is also available inside of the Collective. Ready to scale your clinical skills? Go to medslpcollective.com forward slash summit to register today. This is episode 207 of the Solve Your Pride podcast, and today's guest is Emily Rankin. She is a graduate student at Baylor University, and I asked her to come on. Um, in the MedSLP Collective, we do member of the month, and, and the way those are picked is really just by you know, sharing wins or sharing advocacy efforts that you've done. And I just, I always love Emily's contributions. I, I love the things that she says, the things yeah, that she contributes, and then come to find out she was a grad student. So um, I thought she would be great to bring on here because I think she provides just a lot of hope and inspiration for other graduate students that are going through grad school during COVID, which I don't, you know, wish on anybody. So um, I had a great conversation with Emily. I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, she is actually a prior ultrasound technician that decided to transition from the technician realm of healthcare to the clinical side. She fell in love with the SLP field after her daughter needed treatment as an infant for silent reflux and had difficulty with her swallow. She looks forward to graduating this in December and hopes to work with a mixture of adult to and birth to five patients. Uh, she's also a mother of an almost three-year-old and an almost five-year-old. Uh, so I hope you guys all enjoy this conversation. I know I did, and I just love, yeah, I, I love hearing what our grad students are up to. So thank you, Emily. Welcome to the Swallow Your Pride podcast. I'm your host, Teresa Richard. I'm a board-certified specialist in swallowing and swallowing disorders, a mobile fees business owner, and founder of the MedSLP Collective. This podcast is all about delivering the latest evidence-based practice to medical SLPs everywhere. Whether you're a new clinician seeking tangible tools for treatment or a seasoned vet stuck in a rut, my goal is to help ditch the old school ways of the past that no longer serve you or your patients, to reinvigorate your passion for our field, to broaden your knowledge about our scope of practice, and to inspire you to practice at the top of your license. So if you're listening, I encourage you to swallow your pride, be open and willing to learn, because let's face it, your patients deserve that kind of care. With that, let's dive right in. Just a quick disclaimer that all statements and opinions expressed in this episode do not reflect on the organizations associated with the speakers and are their own opinions solely. Hello, Emily. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. Excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, awesome. All right. So tell the people a little bit about yourself. 
Um, so I am in my second year as a Baylor grad student. Um, I graduate in December. Um, December 18th is the official day, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I got to do my final internship at an outpatient rehab center um, in Manhattan, Kansas. So I've been working primarily with adults on swallow cognition and some voice patients as well. So um, it's been exciting because I have a background in um, ultrasound, so medical was kind of my my sweet spot, but then <laughs> getting to know the pediatric field too has been pretty fascinating. So it's been a little bit of a change in careers, but still the same um, interest in treating the patient as a whole. So I've been excited to see that aspect of speech pathology. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah, so so inside the MetaSLP Collective, we do our member of the month, and Emily just so happened to be our member of the month last week uh, or last month, but you know, sort of our team behind the scenes bring, you know, brings me the member of the month every month. And I just, I loved your story, Emily. I love all of our members of the month, but, you know, usually it's just people that just have, you know, insightful things to share, encouraging words, you know, have done something cool in, the, in, in their practice and with their patients. And with you, you're a grad student. And I was like, holy cow, this is so awesome to have not only grad students in the collective, but just to also have your just encouraging posts and, and just, yeah, everything you share. And so I just, I really loved your story and I'd love to hear, you know, a little bit more about how you got into speech pathology from being an ultrasound tech. Yeah. Um, I start, so, um, my dad originally was a special education teacher. So, okay. um, when I was applying to different colleges, he's like, oh, you should look into speech pathology. And I didn't know about the medical aspect then. And I, I didn't really want to work in the schools at that time. So, um, I'd applied to a school and got a full ride the first year. So <laughs> being 18, that was a big motivator and ultrasound had kind of sparked my fancy. So I started there. I worked um, in Alaska during my internship and then uh, met my husband who's active duty military. So um, we transferred quite a bit, but over, um, I've worked in ultrasound over the course of about seven years and then had our second kiddo and then took kind of a three year break and then was doing grad school. But, um, I started looking into different careers because, um, the di the diagnostic portion, there's not much, there's not much way to go up on the ladder. So, um, I was looking at different options kind of to go from that technician side to more of the um, clinician side. That way you could treat the whole patient. PA wasn't really an option um, just because we moved so much. So I, I had been exposed to the SLP field with my daughter who had silent reflux. Um, so I was able to get a full fees and then also the MBS, she failed completely. <laughs> so um, it was, I, she, honestly, the SLP I worked with in Virginia, she was amazing. She really helped slow down her suck, um, swallow. And um, she went from being, you know, 10% loss of weight and, technically failure to thrive to coming back and gaining quite a bit more weight. So oh, that, yeah, it was really awesome just to see her, you know, she went from this chubby little baby to just, just, you know, skin and bones and that's not what you expect. So it was great because she, um, she had had pneumonia at four months. And so after having gone to the speech pathologist, we were able to get her out of that, just chronically being ill. So that was kind of my start. And I was like, Ooh, I can do this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Emily. I know, I think my son was about four months too when the ENT scoped him because he had laryngomalacia. And, that you know, I just told too. the ENT, yeah, I just told the ENT, I was like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a speech pathologist, but I actually do fees. So I'm super interested. And he's like, do you, he's like, if there's anything you want to take a look at, just let me know while we're down there. 
Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> it went from like, I totally went from crazy, freaked out mom, like my son strapped to this table, screaming, crying to being like, oh my God, look at his vocal cords. Like I just, it was so weird how I just went from like crazy mom to like, it, you know, clinician in awe. Exactly. In a minute. <laughs> I, know. I think we have a switch. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I totally um, did. Cause I all of a sudden just like forgot. And he's like, is there anything else you want to see? And I was like, no, cool. I'm glad we got all the information. Awesome. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Unstrap the poor kid. Like <laughs> <laughs> after, after the scope, I know, I know. but they step back so fast. So, you know, yeah, it's not yeah. like the most traumatic thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> they were able cool. to help him out with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, yeah, he's got a, a chromosomal abnormality. So he's just got a lot of different structural anomalies that we've sort of worked with. So um he's got a wonderful SLP now, and it's just going to sort of be a lifelong, you know, probably different challenges and different strategies that we try. And so, yeah. It's amazing how our realm goes from literally birth to yeah. the end, whatever point that is. So that, that, that's one thing I really love too about this field. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So is is that what you aspire? Is that the population you aspire to work with? Or? That's a loaded question. Um, yeah. <laughs> we move almost every two years. Um, so I honestly, I worked with Lauren Maglin um, in Rochester, Minnesota with the Owl Therapy Center. And um, she works with the birth to five kind of higher risk population. So I, I fell in love with that population specifically and um, more medically challenged I, that need more um, involvement. And there's not a lot of trading with that in grad school. So I, I would like to pursue some of that. But then also um, with the military, the TBI population with veterans is pretty significant. So I I kind of <laughs> kind of want to do the beginning of life and then towards the end of life just to kind of meet. Well, and also moving so much, having a job in both those areas, I think that would really help too. But um, veterans are kind of near and dear to my heart too. So if I could meld like half and half of both those populations, I think that would be my my ultimate outcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. And, and I think that's just one of the best things about our field is that you really can work with so many different populations. Like it can be overwhelming at times, but that's also, you know, I'm the half glass full type person. So I love to yeah. look at it, you know, with a positive spin. So I agree. And I think your, um, your new launch of the medical education kind of yep. realm of training that, that is going to be a game changer because it is, as you said, overwhelming with the, all the information. But I think having everything in one place to learn about both populations will eventually be the, I think the most helpful <laughs> yeah, for those who yeah. do want to work in all of it. Yeah, I know. And that's and so hard. And I have so much grace for people that work in the grad programs because there's just so much to learn. You know, it, yeah. it's not, you know, people say, well, I didn't learn that in grad school. And it's like, well, it's, it's not that we can blame anybody in particular. It's just mm -hmm. there's so much to learn and you can only cover so much. And I just... Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, like I said, I have so much mercy for people that have to teach this, this stuff because there's so much to learn. Exactly. I was the, always guilty of like barraging the um, professors with questions, but they were always so helpful. Um, our dissertation professor, especially, I was like, do you do feeding? <laughs> and yeah, she was like, yeah. no, but I can help direct you. <laughs> so oh, good. good even good. just having those avenues to explore too. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I love it. Well, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about, you know, I just, I love everything you've gotten sort of involved in just, I say just, and I don't mean that in a negative connotation, oh, no. but while being in grad school. And I think that's so, 
you know, admirable because there's so many people that are like, well, I'm in grad school. I don't know that I have the time for that or I don't know. When, and, and, and I get it. I totally get, you know, there's costs involved in, in joining things, but also on the flip side, there's so much to learn as well. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I would love to hear. I, so the Med SLP Collective, um, one of the biggest things was um, I had seen Swallow Your Pride and I was, that was year one, but then we didn't have dysphagia until the very end. So I was like, well, I got to get into this so I can see what I'm, you know, headed for later down the road. So I started with that. And then um, the Med SLP Collective, <laughs> I've been sending like, can I join? And then it opened up. And so I was like, you know, it, yeah, it's a little spendy, but there's the discount. So it was definitely worth it because of the resources. Um, when you put out the pediatric and the adult clipboard, that was that was like hugely motivating because it, it's so detail rich, but not overwhelming to the point where you don't feel like you can get through it. And so it kind of gave me a a starting point to reference. And so I was like, well, if they have this, what else do they have? And so once I joined, I started, <laughs> I, I went through the library and was able to find different things. Um, for example, like frontotemporal dementia um, was something new that I hadn't heard of. And so I was able to find some resources on that. And then um, tracheostomy patients too, I don't have a lot of exposure to. So that gave me a really um, great reference to learn about, you know, the different like passing Meyer valve. You, you talk about it in school, but it's so fast, you know, because there is so much yeah. to learn. That just really helped me to delve into that. So I feel like if I do run into an, a patient that has that, I'll have a lot more resources to help treat them. So good. that was the resources. Is I, I love resources. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. So, yeah, I, mean, I just, I love your whole attitude and everything about, you know, being a grad student and diving into all this. And, you know, what's some, I, I think, I think this is a horrible time to be a grad student. I hate to say it. There's no other way that I can describe it. And I, and I feel yeah. horrible for grad students that are entering our field right now, having go, gone through COVID and, yeah. and having, you know, your internship and externship opportunities are so limited. The world yeah. is not how it used to be. It's very different yeah. and it, and, and it stinks, but <laughs> I, I love your positive spin on everything. And, and, you know, what are just some words of wisdom that you would give to other grad students coming into the field? I think being open and also um, a lot of the online schools, they have placement programs. So if you know your area and you know a lot of resources, being able to reach out and give some references, I think that really helps uh, the school placement team too. So just being willing to do some footwork um, and then also just being open to the opportunities that you have, whether it's school, you know, being able to go to private practices. Um, they offer a lot of opportunities that you can't always do in other settings because they're not quite as limited. Um, and then for the medical, <laughs> it was tough. Um, COVID really put kind of a cap on a lot of those opportunities. So really exploring to see what's available and then just delving into what they have and then don't feel disappointed if you don't get it um, because just because you didn't get it in grad school doesn't mean you can't get it later on. Just don't give up. You just have to be a little bit more flexible. If, if COVID hasn't taught us anything, it's just being adaptable in situations and um, reactive or proactive versus reactive. If you can put yourself up a, a few steps ahead during grad school too, just by reaching out. Yeah. Did, did you get involved in, in other things in grad school? Like, were you involved in any organizations or anything? Um, I haven't had too much opportunity because we have our two kids. Um, I have a three and a five-year-old. Yeah. So we were just finding daycare was really tough. 
<laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Um, my first internship was actually Simu Case. Um, we had arrived, we had moved the first year in the middle of grad school. Um, and I had Simu Case the first term because the school placement setting, nobody knew what was going on with COVID. So mm-hmm. then my second one was in a school, but it was teletherapy. So <laughs> it's been, it's been adventurous to say the least. I did get to, on my third internship in Rochester with the private practice, I was able to do some group sessions, um, but it, it wasn't um, treatment. It was more for the parents. There were parents of um, late talkers and um, some suspected autism diagnosis, but it was more so to get the parents out and then some exposure to socializing with the kids because most of them hadn't had much during COVID. So that, that was really fun. I, I, it's not something you can reproduce in grad school when you're online. No. So that was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember in grad school, we had a laryngectomy group and it was just, it was so powerful and I, and I don't work with that population at all, but it just, it, it taught me so much about, you know, listening to the patient perspective and, and just the camaraderie between, you know, the different patients in that setting. So that's awesome. Yeah. I, a lot of those um, groups were shut down, unfortunately, yeah. during this last year. So in, in my eye, it's a great opportunity to find where the weaknesses are and then build on those as we kind of get out of COVID. So vets were a big one that were affected and some of the stroke populations. So I think that's, it's, it's not a, it's not great to have gone through it, but I think it'll really expose some of the, not failures, but more weaknesses and those populations and where we can really do better in trying to fit their needs too, especially. Yeah. So, so talk about balancing a family during grad school. I'm like, <laughs> That's what I can ask yeah, you. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I'm speechless. <laughs> um, we've had, I'm, I'm kind of the, um, kind of an oddball, I guess, because we, we've moved twice now during grad school and um, being military just kind of added to the excitement. So <laughs> um, it's been, it's been good. I think the main thing is learning, learning boundaries, and then also learning to schedule. I, I thought I was a scheduled person until I got into grad school. <laughs> and then, um, I'm not a study at night individual. I wake up early and then I'll study and then nap times take advantage of don't nap yourself. You got to study, you got to work hard during that time. And then um, taking that break to be with your family, I think is really, it's, it's a huge aspect of surviving both the family surviving. And then also you, um, I, I think I try not to make, you know, my decision letting them suffer on this side. So, yeah, yeah. Um, my, my husband's been great with helping balance with it. <laughs> but it's been good. We've, we, I made a really strong effort to make sure we went up to the parks during the early mornings and then, you know, come home and then they can kind of have their study time too. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Good. Awesome. Anything, anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to share with? Um, I think, oh gosh, just, just finding resources. I think that was huge. I, I really loved, um, the Swallow Your Pride cat or podcast, especially on the early morning drives. Um, one of the first ones I heard was John Ashford's Three Pillars of Aspiration Pneumonia. And that was a huge eye-opener. Um, the aspect of just brushing your teeth <laughs> was yep. just such a small thing, it seems like, but in the long run, such a huge changer. So now it's just finding a CFY. Um, that's my next step. So um 
staying on top of that, I think for new grad students is really important and find your people. That was really important to me. I found a lot of really good friends to help support me get, you know, through the year as well. So I think developing relationships is really important, especially with COVID you're already kind of stuck at home. So (laughs) it helps to have people. And then also just to say thank you for the support you've helped put together for the collective. I think that just, that's encouraged me because there, there are some burnt out, you know, individuals and that can be, it can be hard, especially as a new grad, you know, hearing the burnout, but seeing people come together to support SLPs in general, I think has been very encouraging, no matter if you're, you know, pediatric, adults, school setting or medical. So I really love the collaboration. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Where where do you hope to find, where do you hope to do your CF? So I'm kind of, I'm balancing a few options right now. Um, I'm working on a possibility with the private practice that I was in before to do a teletherapy option for now. Um, there aren't a lot of options here because KSU has their own SLP program. So a lot of the new grads, they come here. So um, to keep up on some of the medical, though, I'm looking at maybe a PRN position if if I can. If not, um, do the nine-month CFY and then kind of explore from there. So um, yeah. there's a possibility of moving again next summer. So <laughs> we'll see where we end up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I I just, I love your positive attitude about everything. And I think I've always been one of those people that's like, you can do it all. You know, you really can do it all. And you know, you're balancing family, you're balancing military life, you're balancing grad school during COVID. It's just so much. And I, I love your positive attitude through it all, Emily. So thank you. I appreciate it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I was thinking about my CF too. I did my CF in the schools and I think what was so interesting about it was how much I knew that I did not want to work in that setting. Yeah. So it was like, I didn't, I didn't, it was like, I went into it and I thought I would like it in a few months. And I was like, I just, I don't want to work in this setting. And I think it just, I I didn't take it as a bad thing. I wasn't burnt out, but I just learned what I needed to learn. And from there, I just went on, you know, and found a medical place or found an actual medical job from there. But um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's, I love that we can take our experiences Mm -hmm. from other settings that may not be our most desirable setting, but still take what, you know, what we can and and let it serve our future. So I've noticed too, um, just, just little things like sometimes in the pediatric, the things that we do with some of those patients, you can kind of tailor them and make them more adult appropriate. So we really do cross over. So pediatric, you're, you know, you're teaching them all the foundation skills and then adults, you're building off that foundation and scaffolding. So I think too, you just have to think big picture, like, you know, the long-term spectrum. And so that, that kind of helps me stay focused too on what I want to (laughs) do. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily. This has been wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. Hopefully I'll might throw you some questions in the future. <laughs> yes, awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much. All I right, thank you, it. Emily. Yeah. No problem. To download the show notes from this episode, please visit swallowyourpridepodcast.com. There you can also sign up for our email so that you'll never miss another episode. If you like what you hear, then please subscribe, leave a review on iTunes. And share it on social media with your friends and colleagues, because that is what keeps these episodes coming. If you'd like to be a guest, share feedback, or request a topic to be discussed on the show, please email podcast at TeresaRichard.com. 
special credit to Danny V. Socrates for her amazing audio and editing skills and to Marissa Hendrickson for managing all the things behind the scenes. As always, thanks so much for listening and see you next week.